you, you said when you passed by and saw us polluted in our blood, you said live. And we speak to Freddie and we say live in the name of Jesus. We speak to Pat and we say live in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, for full recovery. We thank you for miracles. They need miracles, Lord. And we are calling on the God of miracles and you surely will deliver because we have asked you in faith, nothing wavering. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Amen, amen. So we've got a couple of things to cover in the voice of the martyrs. I noticed on this month there was an additional uh, leaflet in there about communism. And uh, I want to go over that because we have a rise now in this nation of people who are uh, advocating communism. And uh, we we really have to uh, put that down because it, it underneath communism is the anti-Christian element. It really is against Christianity. Many times people think this is something new, but this has been around for a while. Um, the first um, colonists that came to this United States uh, started what they called a communal um type of society and it didn't last very long they gave everybody the same amount of land they gave everybody the same amount of seed and they uh, looked for everybody to they split up the the produce that was produced from each each tract of land among all the people and they found out there are some people that just would not work and that frustrated and angered the people who did put in labor And so we know that that's not even scriptural. Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. And so when you feed people and you tell them they don't have to work and you'll feed them anyway, you're going to always come up with a frustrating system whereby people who work hard will feel cheated and then people who don't work will just look around for a bare minimum of living. What it does is it uh, bypasses God's plan for man. When God created Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden to work. Amen. He said, go, go be fruitful, multiply. And so what that meant was everything that you set your hands to will increase. If you don't set your hand to anything, you won't get an increase. And so it's, it just, it's all over God's law that God put people here and he endowed us with gifts and abilities that if we don't work, they won't be put to use. Got me? If if you don't ever get beyond just sitting and waiting for something, uh, you, you'll you probably die of boredom, number one, because you won't be engaged in life at all. Uh, your life won't, you won't know the joy of being productive. Uh, you'll, you'll have to try and find joy someplace else, and that's really hard if you're, you're not... Uh, doing something that will cause you to uh, feel good about yourself, that you're making a contribution or you're using talents. You, you know, so many of us have undiscovered talents and abilities uh, that we never knew we had uh, because they get put to work sometimes. That's why in churches people are encouraged to do things around the church so that they can know the joy and the satisfaction of increase. Uh, because you won't increase if you don't set your hand to something. And so that's very, very much a part of normal life uh, is to go out and see what your gifts, talents, and abilities will bring for you. And and go and, and conquer and subdue and, and, you know, challenge the earth to produce for you, challenge your job to produce for you, challenge your brain to produce for you. Whatever it is, you, you're about accomplishing. And you can't accomplish if you're just sitting around waiting for something to happen. And so one of the tenets of communism is that uh, life is unfair. Uh, capitalism makes it even more so unfair. And what needs to happen is that people, uh, what we need to do is take everything and let the government own it and divide it up among people. Now, how many of you know that the government has never run anything well? Amen. Amen. You can look at anything that's that's government. The larger government gets, the less well it's run. Uh, um, ben Carson, who is the head of 
uh, health, wait a minute, HUD. He said there were $5 billion in waste. And they did an audit of the last year before he took over. They found a waste, not, and not waste, it was more like theft. It was unaccounted for money of more than $5 billion. And that was just in one year. So you can imagine what's happening. That's why a lot of people don't want tax increases at all because they want the government to account for what they're doing with the money they have already uh, before they give them more. And so this is it's always been a struggle in capitalist societies, but it seems to be more worth it because there's freedom there. You got me? Uh, there's freedom there. And so uh, in this report, is it, the title of it is Communism is Not Dead. It says, although communism collapsed in Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union about three decades ago, its global influence continues to threaten and oppress God's people today. Communism was upheld as an answer to corruption and greed that would eliminate conflict between the classes or the exploitation of one part of society by the other. In theory, it would create a utopian paradise on earth. In practice, however, it was what Voice of the Martyr founder Richard Wormbrand, who spent 14 years in communist prisons for his faith, called the principal enemy. When Karl Marx and Frederick Engels published the Communist Manifesto in 1848 with the aim of liberating the working class, they wrote, the history of all hitherto existing societies is the history of class struggles. They believed these class struggles could be resolved by abolishing the ownership of private property, and allowing the government to manage it for public use. In the process of obliterating class barriers, the communists also suppressed what they viewed as a major threat to their ideology, religion and the church. In one of Marx's earlier writings, he referred to religion as the opium of the masses or the opium of the people, a tool used by capitalists to suppress and deceive the working class. And Marx was not alone in that belief. Vladimir Lenin, who in 1917 led the Bolshevik Revolution that transformed Russia into a communist state, later expanding its territory to become the Soviet Union, started stated clearly his intent toward the church. We demand complete disestablishment of the church so as to be able to combat the religious fog with purely ideological and solely ideological weapons. So that ideology thing is one of a brainwashing that is perpetrated on people to wash their brains of any kind of understanding of God, any kind of desire for God. It says um, the Communist Party had become atheistic in word and in deed. One of their their, uh, mottos is first... Take God away from the people. That's how you get people under control. If you tell them there is no God or threaten them if they openly worship God or state that they love God or something like that, then you put them under threat of being ostracized by the powers that be. And so if you can brainwash and intimidate people, uh, you can get control over them. This is the atheistic communism that Richard Wormbrand experienced when the Soviet Union occupied his Romanian homeland in 1944. After being ransomed out of communist Romania and arriving in the West, he boldly spoke out about uh, communism's effects on Christians and Christianity. I cannot agree with what even well-known evangelists and mission directors are saying that the principal foe today is the materialism of the West. Today, the principal enemy is communism. Capitalism might well have its evils, but it gives to the church the liberty to work at the salvation of souls. Communism uproots religion. The missionary energies must be concentrated upon... um, must be concentrated upon the communist lands. 
Although he wrote these words in 1969 at the peak of the Cold War and with the threat of communist Cuba just 90 miles from Florida, they are still relevant today. Communism has a global influence that continues to threaten and oppress God's people. After the fall of communism in Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union, many of the remaining communist countries became economically unstable without the financial support of the Soviet Union. These countries therefore shifted tactics, focusing more on global economic expansion and control than on territorial and political expansion. In the late 1970s, years prior to the collapse of Soviet communism, Deng Xiaoping had adjusted China's economic policies and begun to engage in the world economy. China continued to implement capitalist principles over the next two decades to bolster its wealth and global image, eventually joining the World Trade Organization in 2001. Some Western leaders thought China's international business dealings would force its government to relax restrictions on human rights, including the treatment of Christians, particularly house church Christians. But doing business with the world has not forced communist power brokers to relinquish their control over the country's citizens. As China's wealth has grown, so has the government's ability to track, monitor, and control the Chinese people. Recent crackdowns on the church in China have resulted in more arrests and harassment, and Chinese believers are once again being forced underground. Similarly, in the relatively tiny and economically weak nation of Cuba, little has changed for the Christians in 60 years under communism. In the words of one Cuban pastor, the world has to understand that Cuba is still a communist country. In 1959, Fidel Castro's communists overthrew the regime of Batista in Cuba. For Castro and his followers, communism was a plausible answer to the corruption and greed that had flourished in Batista's government. The revolution, however, resulted in no improvements. Cubans must still use ration books to purchase food. There's no private banking system. Even doctors earn the equivalent of about $40 a month. In a typical communist style, the government inventories what each citizen owns. If a person has too much, the government takes it. In addition to these economic hardships, the church in Cuba has faced ongoing persecution and harassment from the communist government. Cuban pastors have told Voice of the Martyr that they know the government plants spies in their church services, hoping to catch the pastors saying something that can be used against them. One pastor said a spy confessed that he attended church with the intent of gathering evidence against the pastor but couldn't follow oops sorry couldn't follow through with it. Pastors are also routinely detained and questioned for hours or days at a time before being fined and released. Some pastors even keep a bag packed in preparation for their next interrogation. And children of pastors are also targeted. One church leader's daughter was fired from her job in the medical profession and forced to leave the country as a way of pressuring her father and his Christian witness to leave Cuba. In addition, many students are refused diplomas unless they bow before a statue of Ernesto Che Guevara, the Argentinian Marxist revolutionary who helped Castro overthrow the Batista government. No legal Christian bookstores exist in Cuba, and no new church buildings have been constructed since the communist takeover in 1959. Existing churches face constant harassment, with the government cutting electricity and water to some church buildings. While in China, Vietnam, and Laos and Cuba are considered some of the last communist nations, the ideology remains influential in several other nations, including India and Nepal. In India, communist groups are called Naxalites, a name originating from the town of Naxalibri, Naxalbari, in northeastern India, where an uprising occurred in the late 1960s. The Naxalites claim to represent the poorest in Indian society, especially those from a low caste or no caste in the Hindu-dominated country.
Although the Naxalites don't commonly persecute Christians, they are responsible for the 2019 murders of two Christians in separate incidents. In October, they tied an evangelist to a tree and beheaded him for refusing after repeated warnings to stop sharing the gospel. Voice of the Martyr Field leaders say Hindu extremists often pay or excite or incite Naxalites to persecute Christians. In Nepal, the communist country has existed since the 1990s. Communist Maoist guerrillas were instrumental in the Nepalese civil war that led to the 2008 overthrow of the country's monarchy, which had ruled the Himalayan nation for more than two centuries. Maoist groups have also been known to persecute Christians, and today the Communist Party of Nepal holds seats in parliament. In restricted nations like Eritrea and North Korea, dictatorial leaders educated in communist doctrine apply the ideology's values without a communist political party. Eritrea's president studied in China during the Cultural Revolution, absorbing Chairman Mao Zedong's strong-arm approach to governance. Upon his return to Eritrea, he founded his own Marxist revolutionary movement, the Eritrean People's Liberation Front, named after the People's Front for Democracy and Justice, renamed the People's Front for Democracy and Justice. He and his followers joined in a 30-year battle for independence from Ethiopia that resulted in defeat for Ethiopia, independence for Eritrea, and the president and his presidency in 1993. While many Eritreans had looked with hope toward their new nation's government, his totalitarian tendencies became more apparent with each passing year. He failed to ratify the Constitution, canceled presidential elections, outlawed other political parties, and effectively closed the national press. In keeping with his Marxist governmental policies, he also embraced atheism. Christians in Eritrea are harshly persecuted to this day, some enduring imprisonment in shipping containers in extreme conditions. In June 2019, about 500 believers were arrested in multiple raids. In one raid on an underground church, authorities arrested 45 believers, including children, pregnant women, and elderly people. North Korea is unique among communist-influenced governments. While most communist countries embrace and promote atheism, North Korea upholds communist principles in a totalitarian-style government but requires worship of its country's founder, Kim Il-sung, who is venerated as a god. After joining a communist youth organization, Kim Il-sung underwent military and political training in the Soviet Union in the 1930s. With the help of the Soviets, especially Stalin, Kim Il-sung formed what we know as North Korea, one of the most repressive nations in the world today. Citizens are required to worship Kim Il-sung as part of their state religion, UK, which was created as a distortion of Christianity. For example, instead of the Ten Commandments, North Koreans are to follow the Ten Principles, among which is this revealing statement, we must make absolute the authority of the great leader, Comrade Kim Il-sung. Communism is not dead. As economically empowered communist nations strengthen and expand their global influence, their governments continue to actively persecute our Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. And contrary to the ideals of Marx and Engels, communists and communist-influenced countries around the world are rife with corruption, greed, and gross social injustice. Despite the efforts of communist nations in Eastern Europe to suppress and eradicate the church by imprisoning or torturing pastors, destroying church buildings, and banning Bibles, the church simply went underground and remained faithful to Christ. Some Christians, like Richard Wormbrand, emerged stronger, calling out the evils of the atheistic communist system while emphasizing the urgency to win communists for Christ. And Christians in communist and communist-influenced countries live and act in the same spirit today. Christians are standing firm today in Cuba, where pastors submit to police interrogations only to resume their ministry when they are released and believers sacrifice their careers and social standing for the sake of Christ. 
In Eritrea, Christians imprisoned in shipping containers continue to share the gospel with fellow prisoners. And in North Korea, Christians quietly and carefully lead others to faith in Christ, knowing it would lead to imprisonment or death. During a television interview in Australia in 1970, Richard Wormbrand was asked if communism was a threat to the church in his country. Not the Church of Christ, he said. Even the gates of hell will not prevail against her. It is communism which is rather endangered by the existence of the church because the last victory is ours. We don't tremble before communism. They should be in panic because of us. The faithful witness of our brothers and sisters in Christ causes panic and fear within communist governments. These courageous believers know their promise of an eternal kingdom far outweighs any suffering they may endure under the godless agenda of a temporal kingdom. While their witness inspires us to stand with them and reach out to our neighbors with the gospel, may our knowledge of communism's atheistic roots and agenda keep us vigilant in prayer and action. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That's better. So we're going to continue and talk about um, spiritual disobedience in China. Spiritual disobedience, not civil, spiritual. Amen. So that people understand that we're not talking about natural governments. We're talking about spiritual things. And I think the more we can understand that these are spiritual battles and meet them head on in the realm of the spirit, the more victory we have. As Richard Richard said, uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against the real church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We all know there's a religious church where people have a form of godliness with no power. But where the power is, that's where the gates of hell tremble because they cannot prevail against the spiritual church and the spiritual body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about uh, a church no longer afraid. Every Sunday at the appointed time, a moderator sets up a private online meeting and usernames begin to appear on the screen as church members join the video feed. Then, as in other church, as in, in any other church service, the online worshipers sing hymns, offer their prayers, and listen to the preaching of God's word. This is an illegal church meeting. The early reign covenant church of Chengdu has refused to surrender these central practices to the Christian faith despite intense pressure from China's communist government, which in 2018 ordered the church to close. Government authorities have forced church members to sign false confessions, detained them and tortured them to the point that some had considered suicide. Yet even though their head pastor has been in prison, the congregation has courageously continued to gather for worship. While some are too afraid to be associated with the church, most of early reigns 500 members, even those with policemen, even those with policemen posted outside their apartment door and those banished to faraway hometowns are committed to bearing the cross of Christ and keeping the faith. Shortly before the church leader, uh, Li Ying Kuang, was arrested, he encouraged the church with these words. How wonderful it would be if this suffering we might be able to give off the sweet fragrance of the gospel. The early reign covenant church began as a home Bible study in 2004 and became an independent or illegal church in 2008. Uh, Wang Yi, who was appointed head pastor the following year, was an attorney and law professor at Chengdu University when he became a believer in 2004. By April 2006, he had become such a prominent member of the house church movement that he and two other Chinese Christians were invited to speak with President George W. Bush about supporting religious freedom in China. With small pockets, while small pockets of Christians have existed in China for more than a century, the church was driven underground following the 1949 Chinese Communist Revolution um, led by Chairman Mao Zedong. Small groups of Christians who were dissatisfied with a government-run 
three self patriotic movement church established to ensure allegiance to the new communist government began meeting in homes or outdoors. These Christians suffered terribly as a result of the cultural revolution from 1966 to 76 when Mao Zedong tried to reform the communist party and eradicate Christianity. The communists sentenced Christians to long prison terms on false espionage charges, torturing and killing many. After enduring continued hard per- harsh persecution throughout the 70s and 80s, the house church movement in China entered a period of dramatic growth, particularly in the country's vast rural areas. Though the house churches were and remain illegal, local officials often left them alone unless they caused problems or became too outspoken. Because of China's enormous size and difficulty of enforcing policies, consistently federal authorities granted local officials great leeway in interpreting laws and uh, regarding religion. The treatment of Christians, therefore, varied widely from city to city and province to province. When churches did experience persecution, it was often because they had become too visible nationally and risked embarrassing local officials. By the mid-90s, many Chinese house churches, located primarily in rural parts of the country, were allowed to function with little government interference. In the past two decades, however, non-TSPM churches have arisen in China's urban centers, with membership swelling into the hundreds and thousands. Many of these urban churches until recently met openly in rented office spaces, hotel meeting rooms, and in some cases, private church properties. Early Rain was one of the congregations established during this period of fast-growing urban churches with gifted seminary-trained leaders. From the outset, Early Rain was intentionally open about its worship and missional position within Chengdu and the nation as a whole. The church published its sermons on the Internet, printed weekly bulletins, potential evidence that it was a church, and even posted its name on elevator buttons in the building where it met. The church's strategy was to hide nothing from the government and to hold fast to its Christian convictions. The Bible teaches us that in all matters relating to the gospel and human conscience, we must obey God and not men, uh, when he wrote. For this reason, spiritual disobedience and bodily suffering are both ways we testify to another eternal world and to another glorious king. Early reign was known among Chinese house churches for its emphasis on evangelism, mercy missions, distinctives generally avoided by churches wanting to stay off the government's radar. In addition, the church was publicly critical of the poorly built government school buildings that collapsed in the 2018 Sichuan earthquake, killing thousands of school children. Church leaders also spoke out against abortion and denounced the TSPM church for cooperating with the atheistic Chinese government. Precisely because none of my words and actions are directed towards seeking and hoping for societal and political transformation, I have no fear of any social or political power, Wang Yi said. I also understand that this happens to be the very reason why the communist regime is filled with fear at, at a church that is no longer afraid of it. Xi Jinping became general secretary of the Communist Party in China and therefore president of the People's Republic in 2013. As president, he has centralized powers and urged the nation to guard against infiltration through religion and extremist ideologies. In September 2017, the Chinese State Council issued new regulations on the administration of religious affairs, and the Communist Party of China then absorbed the government's bureau responsible for regulating religious life. In March 2018, the TSPM and the China Christian Council, another government-sanctioned entity, launched a five-year plan promoting the Sinai, well, it refers to making it more uh, Chinese of Christianity. Sinaitization is a process of bringing everything under the influence of Chinese culture.
The plan proposes retranslating the Bible and rewriting biblical commentaries to introduce Buddhist and Confucian teachings into the Old Testament and provide additional commentary on the New Testament that draws parallels to socialism. It also advocates incorporating Chinese features into church worship services, hymns and songs, clergy attire, and the architectural style of church buildings. Bob Fu, the, the China Ag, of the China Aid Association, believes this plan has initiated the worst persecution in China since the end of the Cultural Revolution. Throughout the country, officials have removed crosses from church buildings, even those on government-sanctioned churches. Authorities have also begun to offer house churches a form of legal registration, which many see as a thinly-veiled attempt to gather the names of church members and pressure those churches into joining the TSPM. At official TSPM churches, pastors must now submit every sermon to authorities before delivering them. Government officials have closed many primary schools operated by churches and issued notices forbidding minors from receiving religious education. Foreigners with even the hint of a connection to a religious entity have been deported. House churches that have been meeting quite openly in large groups have now been banned. Churches are required to sing the communist anthem at the beginning of every worship service and hang pictures of the president, Xi Jinping, on the walls. Facial recognition cameras pointed at the audience are now required inside church auditoriums. When Beijing's largest house church, Zion Church, refused to install the cameras, the government closed the church. Another prominent unregistered Beijing church uh, Show Wang closed in March after a nine-year battle with authorities during which the church's pastor remained under house arrest. Damazan Church, a house church established in 1950, was closed on December 15, 2018. The church's pastor, Samuel Lamb, was a leader in the house church movement who has spent 20 years in prison for refusing to register the church. Many smaller churches face the same sort of persecution, but their closures often go unnoticed. One of the major initiatives of the regulations on religious affairs was to to cut Chinese churches off from foreign support and influence. As a result, well-known churches like Early Rain and uh, Damazan were closely monitored, making it difficult for the global body of Christ to provide outside support. In Guangzhou and other cities, officials offered financial rewards for information of illegal religious activity or foreigners involved in religious activity. One church after another was closed. Authorities detained many pastors, lawyers, and lay leaders, some of whom received fines and lengthy prison sentences. Still others, like early reigns pastor Wang Yi, simply disappeared into police custody. I think they are afraid of the gospel preaching in the way that Pastor Wang Yi did, said Ben Ben Chen, a Chinese-American seminary professor. Ben was expelled from China in July 2018 after preaching at early rain. Police accused him of being a traitor to his country by becoming a Christian and teaching at the church. Pressure had been increasing steadily on early rain, and when the church held a prayer service in May 2018 for those affected by the Sichuan earthquake, police raided the meeting and confiscated more than 10,000 Bibles, books, and CDs. Their attempts to intimidate early rain and force them to close were ineffective, however, because the church's leadership had already begun to prepare the congregation for suffering. They would not succumb to coercion. A month later, when authorities raided church members at uh, members Ang Yang Kui's home and detained him for questioning, he encouraged other church members in an online forum. We will not stop our gathering in the Lord, but we are prepared to bear all possible persecutions and costs for our Lord Jesus Christ to go to jail or be sentenced or beaten or killed. We are willing to entrust ourselves to God. After enduring months of government persecution, Early Rain's leaders prayerfully decided it was time to speak up. On September 1st, 2018, they published a Declaration for the Sake of Christian Faith, which emphasized the supremacy of God, the authority and inerrancy of the Bible, 
and the role of the church. It concluded with this bold statement. For the sake of the gospel, we are prepared to bear all losses, even the loss of our freedom and our lives. Pastor Wang Yi's name was first on the list of signatories, followed by the names of many other pastors and leaders of unregistered churches throughout the country. To date, 439 Chinese pastors have signed a declaration publicly opposing the government's campaign against religious freedom. On December 9, 2018, police in Chengdu carried out a massive raid against early rain, shutting down the church-operated school, the seminary, and the church itself. And in the space of three days, authorities arrested more than, more than 100 church members. Hours before his arrest, church elder uh, Li Ying Kuang wrote a letter to the congregation. Thank the Lord, he wrote, just as the year 2018 is about to end, God has given us a reward in the form of this large-scale persecution that arrived on December 9th. He instructed the church to face persecution according to 1 Peter 4.12, rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings, and concluded with a reminder of the church's mission statement, Christ is Lord, grace is King, grace is the King, bear the cross, proclaim the gospel. Pastor Wang Yi and his wife Jing Wang were both detained, accused of inciting subversion of state power. Other church leaders, including Li uh, Ying Kuang, were accused of picking quarrels and provoking trouble. Days after the raid, Early Rain published Pastor Wang Yi's Declaration of Faithful Disobedience, which he had written in October with instructions that it be published if he were detained for more than 48 hours. I firmly believe that Christ has called me to carry out this faithful disobedience through a life of service, under the regime that opposes the gospel and persecutes the church, he wrote. The goal of disobedience is not to change the world, but to testify about another world. In the months that followed, seminary students were sent back to their hometowns. Early Rain's main site, as well as four satellite sites, were closed, and the church was declared illegal. Whenever believers tried to gather, the police followed and shut down their meetings, sometimes beating those in attendance. One woman was beaten so severely that she lost her unborn child. And yet church members continued to view these attacks as inter- and interrogations as opportunities to share the gospel. They have been taught how to re- react under questioning. By the grace and help of our Lord, try to turn the interrogation process into a process of evangelism. Read the post on the church's online platform. Try to turn the interrogation room into a new pl- meeting of the church. Some church members reported seeing jailers come to faith in Christ or policemen soften toward the gospel after witnessing the testimony of believers' lives. The pastor's wife, Jing Rong, was released six months after her arrest, but she remains under house arrest and is denied the opportunity to communicate with anyone. Li Yingjiang was released on bail in August 2019 and returned to Hubei province with his family. He must report to the police station regularly while his case is pending. All of the more than 300 early rain church members arrested since 2018 have since been released, with the exception of Elder Quinn Defu, sentenced to four years in prison, and Pastor Wang Yi, sentenced to nine years in prison. Wang Yi's sentence is the longest given to a house church pastor in more than 10 years. If God decides to use the persecution of this communist regime against the church to help more Chinese people to despair of their futures, Wang Yi wrote in his declaration to lead them through a wilderness of spiritual disillusionment and through this to make them to know Jesus. If through this he continues disciplining and building up his church, then I am joyfully willing to submit to God's plans for his plans are always benevolent and good. The government shows no sign of backing away from its five-year plan to sinicize Christianity or sinicize Christianity. More arrests, raids, and church closings, and even demolitions of church buildings occur each month. 
If, however, China is entering a second period of extreme persecution, such as follow the Cultural Revolution, when pastors were jailed for decades and the government sought to completely eliminate Christianity, this time the church is prepared. Christians in China are better prepared for persecution today because more believers have their own copy of God's word, said Voice of the Martyrs, regional director for the Asia-Pacific region, and also because they have seen the fruit of their predecessors, faithfulness in enduring persecution. Having already endured difficult persecution before this most recent crackdown, many large urban churches had made plans to divide into smaller groups if necessary. Fewer churches were raided and shut down in 2019 simply because the larger groups no longer existed and their smaller gatherings were less visible. While nearly all Chinese churches have abandoned the large group format, they have abandoned meeting, they haven't abandoned meeting for worship. They simply do so in smaller groups or by using technology to create online meeting spaces. The new era of persecution may be a period of refinement for the maturing Chinese church. Although some have left the faith or chosen to stay home, many more are firmly committed to following Christ despite persecution. Persecution itself is evil to the people of God, Ben Chen said, but we rejoice that the gospel can be spread. We don't simply believe persecution itself can make the gospel spread. God uses this way to make his people realize there is a treasure in the clay. So as the church cherishes more holding the gospel dear so they can continue growing. Chinese Christians need our continued faithful prayers and support more than ever. They must remain faithful to Christ alone as their government tries to dilute the gospel with Chinese culture, and they must understand that their Christian faith exists above any allegiance to country or culture. Many believers, like those at Early Rain Covenant Church of Shengdu, have prepared to confront persecution through sound teaching and the work of the Holy Spirit. In the words of Li Yang Queen, may the whole world know that we are joyfully willing to receive this persecution for the sake of our faith. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. You see, communism is anti-Christian. You got it. And if you're, you know, crazy enough to think that you want to vote for a communist in this country, pray about it. That's all I can tell you, you know, don't, yeah, don't drink any more of the Kool-Aid, all right, because that's, you know, it's just, uh, makes no sense to me whatsoever. You would trade in, uh, gospel freedom for something political, which, you know, is just man-made when that person isn't there anymore, where are you gonna be? But you need God all the time, amen? Praise God, amen. You know, when you are enlightened, all you can do is pray for the eyes of people's understanding to be enlightened as well so that they come out of darkness into light. You know, it's not always about the government sending you a check. You understand what I'm saying? You know, if God is your source, you don't need the government. I see all these church people talking about writing, uh, uh, what are those things, grant proposals and all of this nonsense, come on now, it's just another form of welfare. You know, you know, my, my oldest sister, Stella, has worked in social service. She always works with elderly and in feeding programs and all of that. And, you know, by the time the money gets down to her, she's barely able to buy enough things for them to, just to feed the people. But they talk about, you know, when she looks at the size of the grant and she said, well, you know, the administrative costs and all this, by the time the people sit back behind the desk, take theirs, there's nothing left. You think you're, you're giving your tax money to help people, but you ask some of these people who actually have to distribute what's left after the big guys take their cut off the top. You know, they, they just have to deal with, what, with what's left of it. And so, you know, many people get very wealthy off government grants. Don't, don't, but we never get that end of it. We always get what's left over. So, uh, don't, don't fool yourself, okay? 
God's way is the best way. And he's, God doesn't hand out to anybody. He, he commands his people to work for what they get. So, amen. All right. So this is the story about Wang Ziming, who was martyred during China's cultural revolution. Wang Ziming at Wright was born just a year after the first missionaries arrived near his home in Wuding County, northern Yunnan province, China. And his faith in Christ was likely the fruit of their efforts. Ziming went on to become a pastor to almost 3,000 Christians, shepherding them during one of China's most violent periods, a cultural revolution, 1966 to 76. Mao Zedong launched the Cultural Revolution in 1966 in an effort to redeem the failure of his Great Leap Forward campaign, which was intended to modernize China's economy to better compete with the West. In addition, the economic and social gap between urban professionals and rural peasants had widened, running directly counter to the communist agenda of eliminating social classes. Desperate to strengthen his position within the Communist Party and renew the nation's revolutionary spirit, Mao launched the Cultural Revolution. In his communist zeal, Mao mounted an attack on the fourfold elements within society, old customs, old habits, old culture, old thinking. Student activists called the Red Guard were enlisted in the cause, you see, students and always young people. Communists always target the youth, students, amen, amen. It's the same pattern, always. This is what they do. And uh, he says, student activists called the Red Guard were enlisted in the cause for cultural reform set loose to purge society of anything resembling the four olds. They arrested government officials and intellectuals, anyone suspected of bourgeois behavior, and sent them to communal farms to work alongside peasants. Anything associated with Chinese China's pre-communist past was destroyed, including artwork and cultural monuments. Now, what does that remind you of? Well, come on, think. It hadn't been that long ago. Huh? No, in this country. Recently, they tore down all the Civil War statues in the South. They're redoing history here where the pilgrims were not good people. They weren't Christians. They weren't peaceful people. They took this away from the red man. They're rewriting history, folks. So that young people are so confused about this nation's history. Now we've got people writing history books all over again to give to the young people who have been taught wrong history. This is what the, the Stalinists did in Russia. They would go on the, the, the uh, airwaves and tell their story about how Russia started. They never told people Stalin murdered uh, all of his opponents. They never, they just retold the whole thing and brainwashed people into thinking the way they want them to think so that they can control them. There are all kinds of similarities to what goes on in this country. So you guys pay attention and, and look up and listen because this is happening here. It has happened here. There, there's a, a, a thing recently. There's a mural in one of, I think it's a state building in Sacramento in California, one of the universities where there was a mural of uh, Christopher Columbus. They want to tear, take that mural out, paint over it, because they don't like the message that it sends. You got me? And so we have to be careful about these things, folks. You just can't just shrug them and look at them, but they are rewriting our our history in this nation so as to make it look like we have no right to exist as a nation. When God set this nation up, amen, we're one nation under God. That's what the devil's after. The communists already knew Zeming uh, was a problem to their atheistic ideolo- 
ideological cause. The government had tried to get him to conform to communist principles, even sending him to Beijing to meet with Mao Zedong. But their attempts to re-educate him and persuade him to join the Communist Party failed, failed entirely. He returned to Yunnan province, even more determined to advance God's kingdom in Wuding country. Like other Chinese Christians, Ziming and me- members of his family were targeted at the outset of the Cultural Revolution. Their home was plundered, and they were beaten, tied together, and paraded from village to village. Ziming was even forced to wear a dunce cap with labels accusing him of being a spy and lackey for the imperialists. Now, don't you see some similarities now? Colluding with Russia to win an election? See, this is the communist way, and it's deep into our culture in this society, folks. So wake up now. Come on, get with me here. You're always accusing. It always accuses you of subverting. It's the same thing they did with Jesus and his followers. They were against Caesar. They were trying to overthrow Caesar. They always accuse you of trying to overthrow your government. He and his family were also condemned at public meetings where they were berated and spat on. Still, he continued his Christian work sharing the gospel in nearby villages and taking Christians to mountain caves for prayer and fellowship, even though they did not have any Bibles. In May 1969, several years into the Cultural Revolution, the communists had had enough of Ziming and arrested him. A pastor named Elder Long, who had given in to the communists, had become an atheist and cited authorities to make the arrest. Judas. Got me? Condemned as a counter-revolutionary, Ziming languished in prison for four years before being sentenced. Then on December 29, 1973, authorities paraded him before thousands of spectators in the Wuding Sports Stadium to pronounce and carry out his death sentence. However, prior to his execution in the stadium, Ziming managed to share some final words. You should follow the words from above and repent. Soon after his execution, the communists arrested other church leaders in the area. Ziming's wife was in prison for three days while two of his sons were in prison for nine years. His, his third son died in prison. While the communists hoped Ziming's execution would suppress the church, it had the opposite effect. Christians were not intimidated by his execution, and the church in Wuding County eventually multiplied. Mao's cultural revolution, which ended with his death in 1976, was later condemned by China's new leadership. The fanatical and violent movement took an untold number of lives, with estimates ranging from at least 400,000 to as many as 3 million. Recognizing the injustice of Ziming's execution, the Chinese government later paid his family $250 in compensation, a measly sum for a man's life. While his faithfulness to Christ and the Great Commission cost Ziming his life, the eternal fruit of his work in Wuding County is immeasurable. Amen. So, amen. So, praise God. You know, ask God to show you parallels here. I mean, it's happening in this country. I don't know if you guys think you're just going to sit up here and go to church when you feel like it, pray when you feel like it, (laughs) do it to feel like it. But we've got to be vigilant over this stuff, you know, because there's there's roots of communism here that are growing stronger while the church sits back and tries to pretend like it's not happening. But um you know, you got to understand these similarities. You're, you're watchmen. Uh, you're supposed to be alert to this kind of stuff. So ask God to sharpen your discernment so that you're not just sitting here doped up and uh, like uh, Mark said, full of opium. That's what he called religion. And religion is dopey. But spirituality and, and uh, believing in Christ and Having the power of the Holy Spirit is freedom and it's power and it's liberty. And that's what they're afraid of. Amen. That's exactly what they're afraid of. If you think the communists who want, who are trying to get a foothold in this country don't cringe when our president has people, ministers laying hands on him down there in the White House and praying and publicly there, 
and he takes every opportunity you know when people come mr president may i pray for you he just bows his head and submits he wants everybody to pray for him that wants to pray for him and he's bolder than most ministers are wishy-washy ministers who won't even say homosexuality is a sin you got me you know you be bold where god calls you to be bold but please don't don't uh don't compromise the gospel for anything i mean anything because god is watching what we do and the choices that we make so okay we're going to pray let me see i have another prayer here i was going to pray this one first there was a prayer here that they asked us to pray for ah i thought i'd put it away hang on Okay, this is a prayer for Chinese Christians. This is the one that's in the Voice of the Martyr magazine. So I'm going to pray this one first, and then I'll pray our uh, prayer against persecution so that we can bring all of these needs before God. He responds according to as how we believe his word, and, and we are so thankful that God gives us the ability to discern and the ability to follow his leading and how we take authority over uh, these things that come up. Don't get casual ever, folks. I know some of you have been doing this for many years and yada, 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 yada. But ask God to stir you up anew and refresh you. And, you know, you have to do this sometimes when you uh, just feel like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun or nothing to be alert for. Uh, there are spiritual forces working against what God wants to do in this country every single day and we have to stay vigilant and take our stand and work against what's working against what god wants done so god wants his people to remain free he does not want us under anybody's control but the holy spirit and so we have to fight against all kinds of man-made control so that we can maintain our position in god so father in heaven we do thank you we bless you we praise you thank you lord that the blood is is against everything that is against your church thank you lord that your holy blood was shed to protect us to keep us to help us to protect all believers to protect those that are under oppression and under persecution we pray this prayer uh, for Chinese Christians. Lord, you see the tears of your people. Comfort them and grant them mutual love and the communion of saints in these difficult times. Bless each believer under persecution with a reverent fear of you so they will not fear earthly powers. Give believers behind bars the confidence and strength to be bold as Peter and Paul. Guard them against hate and resentment. Father, keep Christians who are frightened from losing heart. Deliver them from fear, Father. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Help them to be empowered, Lord. Guide those who are under pressure with the voice of your Holy Spirit so they will know which way to turn. Fill the believers with a sense of unity and purpose. Lord, reveal yourself to those in power, to the president, the communist officials, police officers, and others. Reveal to them the truth of the gospel so they may come to know you, the only eternal king and father we ask you to forgive them and we forgive them for they don't know what they're doing we thank you lord that you will release them from the bondage and lead them to repentance father through this storm may your people be faithful witnesses and testimony to the transformational power of the gospel for the sake of your kingdom and we thank you father that we submit to you resist the devil and he must flee i command you satan to flee from us seven ways vengeance belongs to you O god and we resist retaliation against our accusers we are serving you why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing you who sit in the heavens are laughing behold they're threatening stretch forth your hand to heal O god do signs and wonders in the name of jesus 
I declare that the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let them fall by their own counsels. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge us, O Lord, according to our integrity that is in us. Let the mischief of they who persecute me return upon his own head. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Thank you for teaching my hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken in my arms. Thank you that you have given me the necks of my enemies. Shut the mouths of the lions that roar their lies against me. Cause the tongue of the wicked persecutors to cleave to the roof of the mouth and stop the pointing of the finger against your servant. Stop those who point the finger against me without a cause and who hate me. It's time for you to work, O Lord, for they have made void your law. Lord, we know it's nothing for you to help. Help us, O Lord, my God. O save me according to your mercy. Let my hands prosper and prevail against my enemies. But the Lord is with me as a mighty terrible one, and therefore my persecutors shall stumble. They shall not prevail. They shall be greatly afraid, for they shall not prosper, and their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. We thank you, Father, that those who live godly will suffer persecution, but they will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And we thank you for liberating your people from fear and from persecution and from death and from dying. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So always remember, ask God to sharpen your discernment. Don't let things come into your view without making a decision. God, is this something significant that I need to pray against, that I need to incorporate this into my watch where uh, there are things that you may be in contact with that the rest of us aren't? You know, some of you have children in schools. You can understand what schools are doing. Uh, you know, I see some of it on social media, and I'm telling you, it ain't good. And so we have to really undertake now and uh, be vigilant because the enemy tends to, when he knows he's losing, he tends to go flat out. And so we need to go flat out against him and not let these things just go by uh, and, and as though they're nothing. You know, notice everything. Amen. Praise God. So, Miss Juan, if you want to put some music on, I'll pray for people. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you. Praise God. <laughs> 